Hey, you are listening to the elephant in the room. We decided this time not to do any music intro or anything like that because of the great response that we got off of our last one on religion. And I told you uh, this would be a multi-episode podcast. So we're going to get right into it. Um, we do have Brother Howard with us today. Brother Howard, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Ed? Man, oh, doing yeah. well, man. Doing, doing very, well. very well. Now, before um, we start, I do want to just say that the religion episode has had over 4,600 listens to this week. So, um, i like to thank the United States, France, Russia Federation, Brazil, Indonesia, Korea, India, Argentina, uh, Vietnam, Poland, um, that's only 10 of the 50, the top 50 countries that has listened to the Double E Podcast. So I just want to say thank everyone for tuning in and for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Brother Howard, would you like to go ahead and be? Uh, let's, let's kind of go back just a little on last week's uh, podcast, and then we can move forward. Just kind of like a refresher. Right, right. Um, last week, we, we had spoke about the origin of religion or at least the concept of God and we had talked about the relationship between the human species and the light and the dark I talked about the sun being the process of light our survival system our spiritual system, our communication system everything was contingent upon that light from the sun um, so the dark being that adversary, the opposite of the sun, became the fear factor in our lives. The dark became the unknown. It became everything, uh, the abyss of our minds that says the black darkness is uh, evil. So in a sense, the light became good and the dark became evil. And so from that basic premise, we move forward millennia to what we have today, religion, or any of the spiritual systems that come from that basic concept and how we absorb all that information uh, today and if we've made it into something that is really not. And now we look at the political cultural processes of, and the symbols and icons related to this sun or adoration and uh, uh, that we don't know about and uh, they don't teach and in theology school when they don't teach at churches they don't teach in seminars and uh, in schools about the real concepts based on religion that will help us understand racism sexism and the other processes of our immorality on the planet that are based on theology and that we've absorbed into our psyche that justify our evil under the auspices of good so we must understand the duality between good and evil that is a basic primary beginning and that is the light and dark so our whole process of religion takes us throughout time and space understanding how that relationship is part of our process now that's why black people are dark and they're seen as evil and it was easy to dehumanize them uh, 
as the European concept of light and dark was never ratified in their mind. So understanding the history of these things, we see the radical duality in the world that me and you spoke about in earlier shows. We have left and right brain cultures colliding with each other. You know, one needing the sun in a particular manner, one devoid of the sun, both creating their systems of survival in the world that are much different than each other. Actually, they're dialectically opposing opposites of each other. So religion is a real deep subject matter for us, and we must understand history and culture so we can really make these things work in the community and make them manifest. Religion must be part of a continuum of your history, not something that has been completely cut off and reformed again. That's why I told you it is really important for us to understand how the colonized mind, how we came into uh, being in terms of understanding religion, specifically in the 14th and 15th century, and how the European version of Christianity is part of our process in our minds. And we don't understand how old Christianity is and how African Christianity is and how far it goes back to the Coptic Christianity of Ethiopia, of the Sudan and, and the Nile Valley region and the symbols and icons of Christianity coming out of Africa and part in the philosophy of it also coming out of Africa being part of the premise of life that spread around the universe and the world we know today. See, originally it all the deities, and we will talk about that, around the world, the God concept was a black concept. There were only black gods. If one would study ancient cultures, you would see the black gods in the origin of all these cultures. So Zeus, Adonis, etc., etc., regardless of the particular culture, whether it be Greek, Syrian, you know, right. uh, in Malaysia, Mesoamerica, the Olmec, Maya Empire, all these were black deities in the beginning because this black theology, this black philosophy, this African philosophy of life was the first premise in terms of the God concept. So sacred mathematics, the symbols, and all these things came from these earlier concepts that some would even say are the mystery systems or even masonry if you want to deal with that process in the early philosophies that created masonry which is old as time itself but I won't get deeply into that but we have to go further back so we can examine why it has not worked in our community and why it has been antagonistic towards the human species in and of itself so religion in, in a sense, to me, is the precursor for war. You must have a religious process for war to exist. See, it's even deeper than the economics. When we say economics, economics comes with it. Religion and economics are tied into each other as it relates to power, as it relates to uh, seizing the resources of people around the world. You take the resources and you give them the religion as you conquer them. So as you give them the religion, this allows the people to go into a stupor about the religion. It deifies those, when we talk about that deification, who came into your country, and over the years, your psyche becomes very, very, what I call, inferior 
to that deity. And those who look like that deity. You see what I'm saying? Okay. That's why I was told. Go ahead, please. Now, now what is a deity? Uh, 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 the term deity means, in, in a sense, a deity is a god. Okay. But not necessarily a immortal a, a, a god. Because deification has happened many times throughout the centuries. The multi-genius Emotep in the third century was deified by those in ancient Kemet because he was so the most high. He was the most intelligent. He was the most spiritual. He was the most high. He was the high priest. He was a multi-genius. He was an architect. He was an engineer. He was a physician. So Emotep was the most high. So the people had great reverence for Emotep. So he was deified within that culture. So deification and deity have a relationship as the human psyche would deify something because it is godlike or the most high. So the deities that we see are aspects of God. So we deify these aspects of God. Sometimes we falsely deify these aspects of God in our culture and we deify those that are celebrities deities and celebrities become deities in our culture they have the money they have the resources they are iconic so our eyes become conned they become icons okay so to play on words and the deification of things is really throughout the culture and it comes into play at the macro and micro level. All our relationships are based on deification. Even your supervisor can be deified. The person that owns the company can be deified. The person that lives in a $1.5 million home can be deified. See, so their word becomes the authority. They set the tone for morality. See, see, my 800 credit score is part of my deification. I'm moral, ethical. I'll pay you back. My 400 credit score, I'm immoral, Ed. Okay. See? So deification is measured by the system. Oh, I'm getting deep into it, brother. (laughs) Those out there, listen to me. Listen to me. These are ancient edicts that are surviving in the world today. There is nothing new under the sun. See, that's what African Americans and people around the world must understand. There is nothing new under the sun. And they are controlling people through the, this basic premise and using physics against us. So what we perceive to be the deity in God is indeed not. This is the power of evil, Ed, because it entwines itself within the framework of good because of relationship. See, the difference being thought, you must have knowledge and understanding to determine what is evil and what is good. So knowledge becomes that that breaks those. It becomes the complementary judge. It becomes my art. So it becomes the equilibrium between these two dynamics. See, this is basic understanding in physics and hermetic philosophy that the ancient Africans had laid down for the survival of the species 
in the hostile environment if they didn't understand how the universe operated. So African-American people, and specifically, I'll focus on that for the second, but it's a worldwide phenomenon. African-American people in their psyche have deified their own conqueror and those that enslaved them. So from that particular point, all our relationships in our mind are distorted by that. The concept of beauty, the symmetry of beauty, going to deification. As you see the white Anglo-Saxon Christ on the wall, you see, that was the feminized Christ. That was the Christ that was the beauty concept in our minds. So if you didn't look like that, you did not feel the deity. You weren't part of it. That's how important it was. So 30, 40, 50 years ago, they had rendered a black Christ and said, okay, let's put a black Jesus up. That's good. But see, they didn't understand. You, you have to go beyond colorizing Jesus. The concept of Jesus was specifically that of an African people. We were here. This is not to say superiority or inferiority. This is a simple fact of history. See? See? We don't ever depart from the origin on things. So we have programs and social institutions constructed on falsification. That falsification is based on the concept of the human species evolution and spiritual process. It takes us into dealing with poverty, takes us into dealing with rape, takes us into dealing with pedophilia, that are components that are delivered to the human species through the age of zero to seven. In other words, the trauma can be embryonic at the embryonic state. See, trauma is passed on from the child through the mother. So the trauma and abuse goes from one generation to another. This is the psychodynamics of post-traumatic slave syndrome, the psychodynamics of being in a war that no one can talk about. See, and once people blow up and they, they feel that innate war inside of them, what did they do then? Shit, they got a TV program, they call it Snap, brother. <laughs> see, that's when they snap, Ed. That's when they do these things that you see because it's the constant pressure it's delivered on all of us. Some of us process it much differently. We have the material resources where we can buy that pressure. See, we can buy time. We can buy a vacation and so forth and so on. It's part of our package. But those who are not deified, see, yeah. they work all day if they can. Now, see, you, you, you see what I'm saying? They're part yeah. of that process where they're, 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 their human dignity is, is, is for sale at a cheap labor. You see, when they live belong, be below the poverty line, that's not just in America, Ed. Poverty is the biggest industry in the world as it relates to this subject matter. So the industry of poverty is really the precursor for the corporate process. It is poverty that created the corporate giants. And when we go down the aisles at Walmart or any store or technology, it is poverty that created it as we look at the origin of these things. See, we can trace them. We can trace the bad economics. We can trace the New Deal. See, history allows us to look at these things 
examine them, and now we can say, let's put it to the universe and eliminate this demon. See, that's putting on the table. See, that's what the elephant in the room is trying to do, expose those things that we cannot talk about. We only talk about in closet spaces. You see what I'm saying? Right. But now we have to really present these uh, processes to the young and stop playing games. See, systems go through sensitivity training with the police departments and cultural sensitivity and diversity training and education in schools with the kids. But really what they do is they placate, they play games with it. Because in reality, Ed, that presentation is a presentation of war. Yeah, that's what I think that is. But if they told the truth about it, maybe we could have some resolution or some healing within the human species. But they won't go and tell the truth because many of them don't know. They care not to know. Because that particular truth will set everybody in motion. Now what do we do with the truth becomes the answer. See, we've been inculcated to murder ourselves. Even though we live, our psyches are so damaged that we continuously do damage to each other. See, the proverbial crab in the bucket concept really comes from our religion. It comes from our European assimilation. We live in multiple realities simultaneously. One of them is internal to ourselves, and we suppress that internal reality. We don't know it. We don't know our own personality or who we really are. That's why it was so important for us to understand the original process of what you call religion, spirituality, communication systems that said, know thyself. That was the weapon. Know thyself. Once you understood that, you understood that the universe was mental and you were able to use the capacity and your God divinity to move yourself forward and to connect to people and to understand the connective tissue in the universe that made everything whole. See, see, there was no polytheism per se with this concept. Everything was about the whole. We just looked at separate components and we wanted to understand the relationship between these components as one. See? Right. See? That, 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 that's radical, Ed, because the world we live in today is the exact opposite of that basic premise. It takes all components and makes the components battle with each other. The left hand and right hand are antagonistic towards each other. See? All duality internally inside of ourselves is constantly at war. See, that's how they created our psyches. See, not just African Americans, people in general. So people look at other people that don't look like them as the other. This is the other. So once the other comes in, do I tolerate the other? And what will the other do? So the others come from the dark side of the track head. See, the same basic fear is uh, what we're dealing with. Please. Now, why is it important uh, for an anonymity to look just like you? Well, the deity, to look like you, must reflect your personality. In other words, if you don't look like the deity, how can you be part of that, what I call, historical continuum? In other words, why was it important 
for Jesus, the mythological or the historical, depends on how you want to look at it, to be rendered in his historical context. In other words, be it in Africa, Asia, 110 degrees. How does Jesus become Norwegian, British, German, and the such? Italian? How does he become that in a region where the people have heavy melanin? So, one would ask, and we always ask this to community, because the black community would say this all the time, does it matter? Wow. I would say it matters a lot. It matters. Matter of fact, it is omnipotent. It matters to the degree where the image of Christ is really etched in your mind. And I remember, it sets the standard for not only aesthetic beauty, it set the standard for behavior. So the Christ becomes our process of evolution from the base of the pyramid to the apex of the pyramid. So Christ becomes the model for our ascension. So if if those who destroy me becomes the model for my ascension, why wouldn't I follow a system that is blessed by Christ? Why would I not? See, that's why the sanctioning of the slave trade was through the Christian church. See, that's why Dr. Clark teaches us that Christianity was the handmaiden to the African slave trade. The slave trade could not exist without Christianity. And it could not have gone on as long as it has because it hasn't ended yet. What's today? Sunday? <coughs> it hasn't ended yet. It could not have existed to that extent without theology and without Christianity. And it's many denominations. Each country delivering their version of Christianity to the African population erasing the original spiritual systems that they had in place and once they erased these original spiritual systems they became the deity so they took the land and you took the bible Ed I hope you can barbecue it <laughs> sell it eat it because we're in trouble because now they have the land and the resources and they control the word of the Bible. Even though you wrote it. Hey, so they become what I call the authority or the author of history. Author, authority. Author, authority. So, what is the, what is the, what is the truth in that? Is the, is the authority the truth or is the truth the authority? I would say to you that the authority becomes the truth. Now we have a falsification. The authority being those who have the material process, those who are iconic, those who are deified, those who reap the benefits of an evil system that puts them in place while others walk around homeless, jobless, senseless in the community. See, devalued in the community. Not just our community, every community. A worldwide phenomenon. You see, that is part of it. So now, in the new world we live in, those people start to think again. They start to become awoke. Goodness gracious, the sleeping giant starts to awaken 
and understand that the system was based on love and hate, good and evil and duality. How do we understand that dynamic and find the complementary nature between these two opposing opposites in the framework of our original philosophy? See, so religion to me becomes a whitewash. See, see, this is not, this is not, uh, it's very candid and very frank as I always say, because that's the elephant in the room. But those in the listening audience that do, again, a cursory research of any of these subject matters will find that they, it's very difficult to answer the contradictions that were really part of the process, not only the mistranslation, they wanted contradictions to be there. See, we have no way to answer these contradictions because we live in a world of these contradictions. See, which is cool. If you understand the nature of physics, understand the nature of how we operate, you can deal with those opposites in a much more, what I call dynamic and positive manner. So we can understand those things. Gotcha. Question, See, the, the people are learning a whole lot, at least I hope, uh, that they're keeping their mind open and, uh, you know, really challenging what has been taught to them. Um, right. With that being said, um, that most African Americans are conditioned to believe in blind faith and not challenge the Bible. Why right. do you believe that? Or why is that so true? Well, we've been conditioned basically not to question those who are in authority in the church. And, and, and what happens is the prudent mind uh, seeks knowledge. The prudent person seeks that knowledge so they can make sound decisions, so they can understand the experiences of the world out, outside of themselves. See, again, there's nothing new under the sun. We learn from these experiences so we won't have to, at times, uh, go through those experiences so we trust those that uh, understood that the fire burns so we didn't stick our hand in the fire again and again and again so now we continuously stick our hand in the fire because we don't question those preachers pastors, ministers, whatever they may be that deliver doctrine that they know not the origin of so they deliver these doctrines as they, if they were the word of God again, this is absolute insanity if one would really look at that process and understand that uh, these interpretations that we call religion, uh, and they knew the origin of them, and would see uh, that their research is the only thing that will uh, soothe their minds and answer their questions, if indeed they can even fashion the question. Because we very seldom question any of these things. That's why none of them work. Because if we understand uh, a manifestation of energy we simply have to walk in our communities and see that our religion does not work again I can walk in any neighborhood that is primarily I hate to use this term Jewish and it is quite prosperous in their synagogue which is probably one or two the neighborhood is thriving we have a church in every damn corner with the word and that word is Poverty. That word is religious impoverishment. That word is heresy. We are under the era of theology. So the manifestation that you see in our community 
is part of it. You see the poverty, and you see and feel it in the people. You see? So it's a vibrational frequency that you see because we cannot ask the questions and we cannot find the origin, nor do we want to know the origin. We've succumbed to the degree where we are dependent upon this falsification. And anything outside of that, what we see, those who are courageous enough to speak on it, move on it, are sentenced to death. The crucifixion is coming vis-a-vis the police department and other entities. Am I lying to you? Ah, uh, no. See, that is exactly what happened to those who spoke out throughout the centuries on these processes, be they white, black, anything. If they spoke out, if they were able to galvanize, if they were able to put together the process to make people think and seek knowledge, these people were sought out. They were either co-opted, destroyed, you know, dehumanized, or every closet skeleton that they thought they had, and they came into bear. So it was easy to discredit all these things. And of course, we don't understand the science of it, so we have no methodology to look at these things. We, we have no method anymore to understand uh, these uh, so-called Judeo-Christianity or any of the world religions today because they're all the same. Once you start to do your research, you find the origin of all of them is cored in the same philosophy. The distortion is not the same because each culture, you know, did their own thing with it and now we have the most powerful culture in the world that has took the base of all these so-called religions and made them into one thing and that's what we see now we're seeing one world order based on that premise and it affects us through economics it affects us socially it affects the world in many ways we see that movement in the world today Ed in our and our conversation about globalization, that's where that took us. So, you know, your question on uh, dealing with the creatures, we never, never question those things. Even when I was younger, and you know this, and a lot of us know, they would shy away from those things in Sunday school because some of the questions were primary. Because a lot of people will ask, a simple question is, who is the father of God? How did, well, how was God created? A simple question. You know? Right. That's a hell of a question to ask. You see, for the, the, to the pastor and preacher who doesn't know the science of the universe. <laughs> you see? There's no way they can answer that question. You know? And then we can just trickle down on and on and on. You can ask a simple question about the Virgin Mary. They can't answer that question because they think the Virgin Mary is a literal process. They won't tell you the Virgin Mary is ISIS. They won't tell you the Virgin Mary is offset. You see, yeah. and the story of the Virgin Mary transcends the Judeo-Europeanized version of Mary. It's much older than that. That story is older than that. So all these old stories and old relics of stories have their origin. And the preachers and pastors and those who are in charge know that they cannot speak these truths, nor do they know. Because, see, Ed, their salaries are contingent upon the falsification of religion. See, see, these preachers and pastors live really well. 
and become part of the bourgeoisie and they become part of the fabric that determines the poverty in our community. See, right. they're initiated. They think they're going through a spiritual evolution because of, uh, because of their connections in the community. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, this is a powerful, powerful thing we got here, man. And connections outside the community, as, as one would say. You know, so the umbilical cord is, is that connective tissue to, to religion. So they become the servants. They become the servants the same way that when Africa was colonized, the European, in a sense, at, during decolonization, did no longer had to be present. The population of the Europeans diminished to the degree where, you know, as their power increased, they no longer had to be present in Nigeria, Uganda, Sierra Leone, Senegal, etc. Their corporations were set, and they put Africans who fought like them. They trained the Africans to be them. The Africans became more British than the goddamn British. They became more French than the French. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And they were trained to annex the resources and put their ties on and throw away their native garb. They became the educated elite. You see, so the European did not have to be physically present for European hegemony and power to be preserved. So that same colonization is part of the American structure that we have here in our communities. So we have those that are privileged enough to know the power elite in every community. I don't care whether you're in, in, in Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia, San Diego, Toronto, Mexico City, shit. All the same. See, power has always set itself in place. Always set itself in place with that dynamic of power. See, com community organizers must study power or they won't get anything done. Good ones. What is the relationship to power? Who's running things? I tell some of my classes on organizing all the time, who, who are the Masons? Yeah, yeah, I said it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who, 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 who's, them, who's tying things together in that particular community? Who is the aldermen? If you look into these histories, you'll see a connective tissue philosophically between brotherhoods and sisterhoods of power that go throughout the millennia. They trace themselves back to the early priesthoods. Yeah, remember, again, there's nothing new under the sun. So that's why we never question anything, because we don't want to know. That is the real truth. Can you dig it, Ed? Can you, can you imagine being conditioned where you don't want to know? Same. Because you fear that. Because you know that ones who did want to know no longer exist. Now, uh, piggyback off of that, um, once you expose the truth, um, or you try to, do yeah. you, um, that's when those in power come after you. Uh, certainly, you know, certainly, uh, certainly. And, um, and, go ahead, please. Oh, no, no. I was just thinking that what you were saying kind of reminded me. I don't know if you ever seen, uh, the Bruce Lee story, Dragon. Yeah. Uh, but when Bruce was coming up with his philosophy or yeah. his way of doing uh, martial arts, he right. caught 
a lot of static from a lot of the established martial arts because right. of his new way of thinking. Uh, right. And basically what you're saying is the same thing that he said. He said, does a artist keep adding clay to a sculpture? He says, no. He removes it so that only the um, the the pier is left. So only the whatever he's making is left. You know, if you're making a statue of David, you don't just keep. You know, you're just gonna have a right. big rock. So no, you right. trim it all down so that just the innocence is left, and that is exactly what you're doing now. And I appreciate that. that oh, I, I, I appreciate you. Um, th- thank you very much. And it, it, it it's, it's strange uh, um, that you mentioned. Uh, philosophy of, of Bruce Lee, which is an ancient philosophy, because it wasn't new. His concept of, of things was actually old. He, he was just bringing those natural elements into play and incorporating them into the world and into his own structure. And that would, that's what made him so fluent. Yeah. It, was, uh, it really did. Because um, Bruce Lee uh, had to knock down doors. Because remember, his introduction to Hollywood, Bruce Lee was not European. Exactly. And if that had been Bruce McDonald, <laughs> instead yeah. of Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee would have been a super megastar from the beginning. But you see how iconic he is now. As he pushed his agenda, he was just a bad, bad cat. Right. You know, so he had to be the best at what he did, and he, and he was. But he was expounding an ancient philosophy of balance, of equilibrium. It's one of the things, as you quoted Bruce Lee, uh, semi-quoted him, uh, paraphrased him, one of the things he would always say is, be like water. Right. Be right. like water. He said, be fluent. What is the vessel in which we're operating? Bruce Lee said to us, be like water. So See, we're able to adapt to the vessel that we're in. So we won't get trapped. Exactly. Right. So yeah. Bruce Lee was was giving us free, free freedom. He was he was delivering a freedom that was inside of us, so we didn't have to look for that freedom outside. See, because in America they use terms like freedom. We fight for freedom. We fight. And what is freedom, Ed? As it relates to all these subject matters that we're talking today, what is freedom? The ability to think and manifest that thought without anybody busting you upside your head for it. Now is that is that something that um, and I kind of already know this answer when people are looking uh, you you hear a lot of people say oh I just ain't found the right church or this church just doesn't feel right uh, that is more of their natural inner being giving them that. That, that feeling of something's not right because of the clay, let's say, that's been added to a particular right. religion. Right, right. Particular, uh, m- many, yeah. many times that we've we, we, we done uh, workshops and, and things in the community throughout the United States, and and this is one of the things that always comes up. People, brothers and sisters would tell me, uh, of, of all yokes, they would say, I didn't feel right. There was, there was, a, there was a contradiction and 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 uh, in the church, they, they they weren't able to articulate it because they didn't have anything to uh, counter it with. In other words, there was no counter school to go to. In other words, 
you uh, what, what is the alternative? They, they were always looking for that alternative. But remember, Christianity in our community, you didn't have to be part of the church to be Christian. It was pervasive in our community. In other words, people don't have to practice it because there's nothing to practice. There's no living Christianity in the African-American community. And many people will probably be disappointed or pissed off at me for saying it. There is a living Christianity in the African-American community. There is a dead Christianity. See? Right. And that death and destruction is what repels people in church. And, and that's why many of them make a decision not to come on Sunday. See. Specifically males. Specifically males throughout the church. They make that decision because it doesn't equate to power. So when you have a Godhead in the church that doesn't teach power, see, not power to overwhelm things, power to bring self into play. So when it doesn't teach power, you can't give that message of power. No one goes towards it, you see, because there's no change in the community. People don't feel change. They don't feel change. Only thing they see the church trying to it addresses building fund. See, and they see the pastor drive off in the limo. Same old thing over and over again, Ed. Same old thing over and over again. Those who go to theology schools that are based on European theology that come in with PhDs now. I always tell a, a little story about if, if, if Jesus was here in the literal sense, he would not qualify to speak at the church because they will pull Jesus' resume and see he was a vagabond. Yeah, Ed. Huh. Can you imagine me, you, and Jesus are walking down the street in Topeka, wherever we're at, Jesus pulls up and says uh, he'll like to speak to the folks. They say, Jesus, you please send your resume. Jesus uh. say, what? Jesus say, what? My resume? Woo-wee! Yeah. yeah. We try to send Jesus to junior college. And then Jesus will have to get his bachelor's. Yeah. And then Jesus will get his master's. And then he'll get his PhD. And this will allow Jesus to qualify. To quantify the word of God. Are we out of our minds? Do you feel me, Ed? Do you feel me, Ed? Oh, definitely. When Jesus does not qualify, how can you and I? How can you and I, Ed, if Jesus' resume ain't punched? If Jesus ain't getting nepotism? We've got to figure this one out, my friend. That's where that leads us to. This is the falsification in the world we live in today. Don't let him tell you anything but that because they'll lie to you because they don't even know they're lying. They're not even smart enough to know that. Their truths are based on lies because they don't know the, the basic premise behind the truth. They're only half-truths. We must understand that. It is the human mind that determines the, those things. And if we're out of our minds, we're out of reality with God or ourselves and all those concepts. So the world we live in is a vibrational frequency indicative of our madness. Not just African Americans, the human species. Why do you think these people can sit in corporate headquarters and send young boys and young women to war to die? 
they send them to war to die, Ed, for gas, for resources, for strategic command and control. Come on, man. How long are they going to play that game? It's senseless. It's, it's absolute insanity. See, we right. have to understand the beginning of things. Wall Street was built on the slave trade. It was your ancestors that were on Wall Street, Ed, optioned at the block. They were the first commodity. And had we not continued to be that same commodity as they create the criminal justice system, as they create the education system for the commodity and the resources of our enslavement to continue. And see, now they don't need our presence in America around the world as globalization is coming to play. And we have new folks on the lower rug of society coming in intact we call them refugees and other things this is not a hate conversation i'm talking about i'm talking about the reality of things happening around the world as a release to these subject matter because people won't talk about them and add them into their psyche and add them into their system to counter this madness that we see around the world so conversation on religion like i said we can do part one two three four five six seventy five it's continuous conversation and it kind of fits into most of the things that me and you have talked about in the past two or three months as it relates to the elephant in the room we try to tackle and look at subject matters that many people don't want to talk about but there are the subject matters that really move this thing you see right. nobody wants to really talk about that those things Ed. like for instance Black Lives Matter, I talked about that several weeks ago, and that the European response is all lives matter. God damn it, if you don't know all lives matter already, you see the saying, we're in trouble. Of course all lives matter, Ed, but we're saying is all lives are being attacked to the degree in which black lives are being attacked. We can't even articulate that. You see, right. if you can't even articulate the basic fundamentals of your oppression, and you got to fight for that. You see it on the news all the time. Educated people telling me that all lives matter. No shit. But the response to black lives matter. I said, this in and of itself is white supremacy racism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, so what, what they want to do is humanize it where they control that humanization of it. We can't humanize it at our level and tell you that my life matters because I'm black. Why does it matter? Because your ass is trying to kill me, goddammit. And what am I going to do now? Ain't that it? You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So their response is all lives matter. And we see them on TV and nobody can rebuttal it. They won't put people in front of them to rebuttal it on CNN or, or the news, local populist news. They don't have the right proper people to rebuttal this nonsense and becomes part of our psyche. Not just that, across the board, the right, right people in their place. Why would they sponsor the right people to tell the truth? Why would that person, that male or female, whoever may be that child in the room, be able to tell the truth? They won't sponsor that. See, you'll have people to, to skim the surface and state the obvious. So state the obvious. That's why we can watch lies and we can watch films of people being killed and murdered and nothing being done about that. That's why we can watch a young boy in Cleveland with a toy gun in his hand, and now the conversation is reverted to that toy gun show look real. 
to justify his death. See, see, and they didn't even present him as a boy. They kept using the term young man. You see? So no hijinks involved like that in the suburbs when we talk about white kids. You know, we call it hijinks. Young boy hijinks. There's no hijinks in our community. They'll shoot, you, they'll shoot your diaper off you. Yeah, I said it again. <laughs> uh, that's what it's about. Hey, man, that's what it's about. Those are the conversations and the constructive processes that we have to go on play. Again, nothing to do with hate. It has something to do with self-love. It has something to do with the species coming into play and eradicating itself of the madness that is draining us and that will destroy us, destroy our psyches. You see what I'm saying? We can be on the planet and still be dead. And I, indeed, I think that's the case. We talked about The Walking Dead. Are you kidding me, man? That's not a TV program. I can take you to communities where The Walking Dead exists right now, Ed. You see what I'm saying? I can take you to communities with spiritually dead people, emotionally dead people that have been abused, that we never address. You see, that we want to get psychotropic drugs to. And the reality is their spirit's been broken by a system that breaks. A system that breaks. That's what it does. But nobody stops it. Nobody talks about it. Hey, 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 Brother Howard, God damn it, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? That's too much. Uh, uh, you know, they close the door behind you. You know what I mean? I got $40,000 at stake for this. Trivial shit. But they don't understand their mortality. They don't understand it. They're locked. See, that's the elephant in the room. See, you see what I'm saying here? Oh, definitely. You see what I'm saying? That's why. See, uh, that, 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 well, that, well, that's why we can live in a community where, where we can be the best and die. You can be the most prolific artist in the world. You can be the most, the most prolific mechanic in the world. The most prolific singer in the world. In our community, you can still die. That's why people like Nina Simone, the great artist that we let die. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, they've been the, been, uh, been the best on the planet of what they did, they do, but we can't even support that inside inside of our own community. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Because that crab in the bucket mentality, and we don't take care of ourselves. We have no self love, but everybody's Christian. Zora Neale Hurston dies in a room. One of the greatest. Uh, uh, literary figures in the 20th century in the black community assisted during the Holland Renaissance laid some work for us but she died in the room lonely see see and but we always talk about potentiality with our kids what is your potentiality we play games with ourselves we love others more than we love ourselves you see what I'm saying we feed others more than we feed ourselves and with that in mind People say, go to church, do this, do that. That is absolutely insanity. And it must end. And I'm here to tell you it will end. Because we're getting smarter. We can't be dumbed down and stupefied for so many centuries. Time is running out on that. And everything be called to bear. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, teaching and preaching is intertwined with me, my friend. Right. Yeah, we kind of got off the religion, be. but it that's has fine. To be. See, see, it has to be. That's yeah. nothing but the old, the, our old presentation. That's the dynamics of African people. You see what I'm saying? Right. But in reality, everything for me has to be about teaching. 
So, you see what I'm saying? So now, what we'll we'll, we'll, oh, we'll do the preaching thing later after we get a couple of good loggers in us. Right, right. Uh, you see what I'm saying? After we get a couple of good loggers and watch the Steeler game, we can do a little preaching. Right. But right now, we're concerned with the aspect of teaching. We don't teach. We don't teach. The teachers don't know what to teach. They have no pedagogy. See, yeah. how do you teach the teachers to teach, Ed? So I see all around me. I was talking to a, a cat last week. There's an Afrocentric school coming to play. I said, that simply means the school is all black. There's nothing Afrocentric about it. You see, the community's not sponsoring the ideal of Afro Afrocentrism, of the, the basic African philosophy, will never be expounded upon in the school. They'll read the same Dick and James shit that me and you read. You see? Oh, yeah. In Columbus presentation that me and you got. You see, the yeah. same presentation that led you to believe that you were a slave before you were enslaved. As you were presented as a slave. Not an African that was enslaved, but you were a slave that were enslaved. Double jeopardy, brother. To yeah. the world. So now, now, what can our listeners uh, look forward to on the next episode? Well, the truth. Yeah. In every episode, they can look forward to the truth. And when they, like I said, the next episode will probably go a little bit deeper, you know, okay. a little bit deeper into the color code based on religion. I talked about some of it today, but we're going to talk about it next week. The Willie Lynch syndrome. What is Willie Lynch? The mythical and historical history of Willie Lynch and the dynamic of, of Willie Lynching, which is the plantation world we live in today, that has dark skin against light skin, has rich against poor, and the psychological damage of this so-called Willie Lynch syndrome, which existed long before Willie Lynch, but I'll, I'll take us back to that particular point and see that same plantation dynamics and relationship between males and females in the community. See, this conversation would take us into feminization and other dangerous subject matters. Right. Why boys become girls and why girls become boys. And how the energy is transmitted into our minds. How the images and new family dynamics are transmitted to our minds, to our young kids. See, what becomes normal or abnormal to you becomes normal to them. As it is already imprinted and infused in their minds. You see what I'm saying, Ed? Yeah. All around us, we think we're raising our kids. We're not raising a damn thing. We haven't raised our kids in 400 years. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it, Ed. You see what I'm saying? How can you, under the auspices of someone else's culture, see when mother and father is defined through that particular culture, when the mother is not the bearer or the teacher, anymore and she discredited it you see what i'm saying oh, now yeah. she becomes those who wipe diapers in daycare centers well, we, we she's have... not the master of our thing where a 22 year old from buck university can come in and tell this mother of 30 40 years raise families raise their kids what to do in child psychology and child development and never had a child of their own but right. they come in with a pseudoscience of it. Well, 
We are we are out of time, brother Howard. You see, you see what I'm saying? Ed? Oh yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's across the board. I'm just using a little micro example. That's in all things. That's in all things. So where's well, well, our expertise, even of ourselves? Well, we're we gonna have to, experts in us. We don't have to. I gotta go to other people really, to ask them about me. We're gonna have to really dig into this next week because we are out of time, man. Can Whoa. you believe that? Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So tune in next week to the elephant in the room. Uh, we'll be looking into the color code based on religion, the Willie Lynch syndrome, uh, and and we're just gonna follow Brother uh, Howard to to even more truths. Uh, Brother Howard, anything you wanna say before we get off? Well, as as always, um, uh, uh, wake up and stay woke. And if you have the possibility to wake up, listen, listen, because your life depends on it. Our lives depend on it. Uh, and uh, it's time to wake up because we're running out of time. I said. Cool. And on behalf of Brother Howard, this is Double E saying thanks again for tuning in to The Elephant in the Room. See you next week.